Hey there, listeners. Thanks for checking out the latest episode of Comic Book Keepers. Just a spoiler warning here at the beginning. We will be talking about all things spoiler-related to our character involving in comics and film, adaptation, games, all of the above. As well, this episode will include adult themes. We do hope you enjoy the episode, and keep being nerdy. Azrath Metrion Zinthos. Azrath Metrion Zinthos. Azrath Metrion Zinthos. Yo, what you doing? I'm trying to calm my mind so I can harness the dark powers inside me. Azrath Metrion Trying to calm your mind, huh? All right, let's try this. Batman vs. Superman is better than Avengers Endgame. You can't break my inner peace. Betcha I can't. Alright, let's try this one. Azrath Metrion. Jared Leto is a better Joker than Heath Ledger. Azrath Metrion. Azrath Metrion Zinthos. Teen Titans Go is vastly superior to Teen Titans. Oh, Oh, come on! Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. And I'm back. And today, we're talking about Raven. Now, I just want to welcome back Zion from our... So if you've listened to our Power Ranger episode, you've heard him on here before. Welcome back, my friend. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, Lance? Thanks for having me back. And uh, if I may, just quick shout out to uh, all the listeners here. Thanks for all the positive vibes and um, cool comments we heard from the DMs and the comment sections from the Power Rangers episode. Uh, I mentioned that it was my first time, and y'all really welcomed me. So thank you for that. Yeah, this this community is great. I've I've had a blast in the nerd podcast community. Met so many good friends, so many great podcasts out there too that have been really fun to listen to. And uh, yeah, so if you listen to our previous episode about Hellboy, you heard that my normal and co-creator of the podcast chris uh, has decided to step away just for a bit so he is focusing on running another podcast at the moment that he's been doing for years knights of the roll table which you should definitely check out it's a a D podcast really fun with a fantastic group of of creators and and voice actors there are a lot of Im- improv uh people there too it's it's a lot of fun so I, of course, wanted to bring in some of my friends, other podcasters to come on. They're going to work, be his co-host. And Zion is definitely going to be one of those regular uh, co-hosts for me that's going to come in. So I appreciate you being willing to join me on this adventure of uh, nerdiness. I appreciate you uh, continuing to egg me on until I finally just took the leap and joined the podcast. <laughs> the last one was a lot of fun. Uh, I went from getting you to... Start letting me buy you comics about things to you having stacks of comics yep. to now you even have your own short box of comics. Yes, uh, I finally bought a short box because it was just taking up too much space on my desk. But let me tell you guys how I got started. I didn't just, Lance didn't just start buying me comics or getting me to buy comics. He actually sat down our, if you remember from the Power Rangers episode, our command center and um, just gave us a bunch of free stuff. So this man doesn't only know his comics, but he's super generous with it, with what he already has. 
I just like to spread my addiction around. <laughs> if It's more selfishness that I just want you to come with me to comic shops and be excited <laughs> about things. Ultimate enabler right here. Absolutely. Well, if you couldn't tell from our teaser, we are talking all about Raven today. Extremely excited. She is, honestly, she is my favorite Teen Titan. Uh, it, it's hard because there's so many good ones. I love Teen Titans, but Raven has always been kind of the standout to me. I've I've always been drawn to her. How about you, Z? Nothing, not not taken away from the green guy, but Raven is a beast, right? Reading up on her on her books and everything. Mm-hmm. The 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 Teen Titans is easily one of my favorite teams. We oh, yeah. had we had our top superhero team episode a little bit back with Chris and I, and. I, I can't even remember where they were on my list, but I know they were high. Yeah. They probably were like number three, but they're so much fun. And Raven is a big part of that. So very excited to dive into her backstory and history and powers abilities. So let's jump right in, shall we? Let's do it. Raven, AKA Rachel Roth is a Cambian, a half demon, half human, which makes for two episodes in a row that way, because Hellboy is also a Cambian. Except they kind of did the inverse as far as looking like a demon or not looking like a demon. Her human mother, Angela Roth, was deceived and seduced by her father, the demon Trigon, while in human form. After they were married and made love, in part due to some pressure from a group of cultists, Angela witnessed Trigon's true demonic form. Now pregnant, Angela was sent back to Earth where she attempted suicide by ingesting sleeping pills. Trigon would manipulate the priests of Azeroth to seek out Angela to protect his bride and child. Rather than dying, she was brought to Temple Azerath, a place between all dimensions of reality. The Azerathians would instruct Angela on pacifism, adopting the name Arella, meaning messenger angel. Raven describes her birth and its effect on Azerath as follows. Its emerald skies turned black as death itself. The sweet smell of gossamer became the pungent odor of brimstone. Our world shook and rumbled with protest. And peace turned to fear. Life became death. Holy crap, man. <laughs> I I've I did some research coming into this because I only knew Raven from Teen Titans. And her origin story, it's been portrayed different ways, but Trigon being forceful with uh with her mom impregnating her and then having to hide out. I don't know if you're going to get to this part yet, but as she was born, there were people from Azeroth that were wanting to like just launch her into deep space and oh, just yeah. leave her on her own. Oh yeah, we're getting there. Oh my We gosh. are definitely just getting like there. From from day zero, it yeah. was already tough for her. Mm-hmm. As a side note, we eventually might get to a Trigon episode, but just a little bit of backstory on him. He actually is the embodiment of all evil that the people of Azrath expunged from their bodies ages ago. These dark emotions merged together and traveled dimensions beyond the great door until being summoned during a mystical ceremony where they would take the name of Trigon. So this, there was an original uh, kind of leader of this group. It's not too well known whether she was from earth or was from a different part of like a different dimension, but Azar, and she led this group and they developed like this thought, like belief in pacifism and just wanted to let all of their negative emotions out. 
So they performed these spells, expunged all that darkness from them, and legitimately, the thing that's later going to cause their own destruction comes back in the form of Trigon. Yep. It, yep. It, that's so good. That's such a great, like, full circle story. It's like you try to get rid of the evil in you, but it just kind of comes back around. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how optimistic of a story that is, <laughs> but it, it's a great one nonetheless. I'm going to try to turn away from evil, but evil is going to turn around and find me. It's just evil, Scott. <laughs> it just comes back around. One magistrate of Azeroth saw Raven's very existence threaten the sanctity of Azeroth and sought to expunge the child by hurling her through the great door into the limbo realm. Upon attempting this horrible act, Trigon met him at the door where the magistrate was promptly disintegrated, leaving his child Raven unharmed. Arella would relinquish parenthood of Raven at birth to Azar. The high priestess knew of Raven's innate abilities to control and manipulate emotions. To protect the child, Azar instructed and prevented Raven from harnessing this power and ability to feel any emotion. Arella would resume guardianship upon Azar's death when Raven was roughly 10 years old. Raven would flee Azeroth at 18 to recruit help from Earth's heroes to combat Trigon's forces, but was shunned by the Justice League at Zatanna's direction as she sensed demonic parentage. She would turn to a younger generation of heroes, resulting in the formation of the new Teen Titans. Now, that's that's extremely brief about her backstory, but it, it's one of those stories that is filled with sorrow and heartbreak and Raven legitimately was raised to not feel emotion so that the, that Trigon couldn't draw energy from her, which is insanely sad and makes a lot of sense of why she's so monotone and level-headed in the animated series that we both grew up on. Yeah. There's a, there's several versions of this and, um, in one of the the in one of the comics I want to talk about later in the pull list, um, she talks about how she couldn't even talk to as a child on uh, on Azeroth. She wasn't allowed to talk to adults. She wasn't even allowed to talk to her mom. And all she wanted to do was be with her mom, the one person in her life that could like comfort her and nurture her. She couldn't even talk to her. So Yikes. yeah. Yeah, Raven did not have the easiest upbringing. It's like, oh, you're you're shunned by like everyone. It's yeah. like and you can't even like talk to your own birth mother. Oh, and yeah, your your dad's a demon. So all the Teen Titans are like wondering why we can't talk to her or she's quiet and reserved. This is why. Yeah. It's it's rough. All right, Zion, tell us a little bit more about this comic. Yeah, so we already talked about um, names and aliases. So Raven is known as Rachel Roth, right? Yep. And before before looking up some of the powers and abilities here, I only knew her uh, to be an empath. So she she grew her strength and her powers out um, out from her from her emotions. She drew it from her emotions and um, by other people's emotions. But uh, reading up on her, I didn't know that her Raven form actually had a name. So they call that her soul self, where she's yep. able to manifest this big, dark, actual raven um, to essentially do her bidding. She can she can travel time and space on the raven. 
Oh, she can attack people. She can uh, protect people with using the Raven. It's a physical manifestation of her of her powers. And then, of course, we see um, some of her flight energy blasts. You can say mm-hmm. her dark energy blasts. Yeah, teleportation. Teleportation. That she does pretty much everything with this soul self. And yep. uh, talking a little bit about her empath abilities, because that really is what, uh, like, that's what you really, or that's what I more knew about Raven as well was from mostly from the Teen Titans animated series. So we got to see her using the soul self a lot, as well as being able to connect to her emotions. And when we're talking about her being an empath, so that includes emotional manipulation, empathic healing, emotion negation, empathic precognition. She can make psychic links and then also force emotions on other people. So not only is she extremely powerful, like a physical presence, she can also just wreck you in a million different ways with emotions, just making you feel certain things, which definitely comes back to some of the stories that we'll talk about in our poll list. Yeah, there is this uh, in one of her origin stories, she's talking to Starfire and Starfire was like, essentially, Starfire was saying, well, we both have these powers of flight and um, power beams or whatever. And Raven essentially goes, okay, we both have powers. We have we both have these same similar powers, but if left uncontrolled, can your powers destroy galaxies? Well, mine can, and that's just the beginning of my powers. I can do even more than that if Yikes. left uncontrolled. That's, yeah, that's mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I, I love that line. It's so good. <laughs> now, Raven, Raven is one of those characters I feel like is so underrated, especially in the DC universe. Yeah, I think I think she's getting a little bit more limelight now. She's shown up in a more of the DC animated universe, uh, direct to video movies or direct to yep. digital movies, which is good. But she she's definitely I feel like she's one of those characters that needs to break through to like the A list status as far as within the, the DC universe because she really does deserve to be there. They are portraying her in the titans live action now so hopefully they do her some justice yeah absolutely so kind of going back to a few more of these powers too it's just a massive list when i when i also looked these up her her powers like you know like a lot some heroes are like oh they've shown these different abilities over the years no she like i had to scroll i had to scroll (laughs) down my phone multiple times to see every single one of these so kind of as like a speed read real quick so she has the ability to alter uh, mental perceptions, illusion, create illusions, molecular reconstruction, flight, astral projection, psychokinesis, intangibility, teleportation, interdimensional travel, telekinesis, telekinetic construction, telepathy, superhuman durability, superhuman speed and agility, energy projection, chronokinesis, darkness control and manipulation, which is known as umbrakinesis, psionics, She's a master martial artist. She uses magic, phasing, and levitation. Boom, drop the mic. Holy crap, Raven's a beast. And a partridge in a pear tree. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so needless to say, Raven's got a lot of tools in her belt, which is also a very cool belt. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. <laughs> well, one of the things that I find really crazy is um, that she can't heal people or prevent death, but she can 
help them not suffer as much. So like the people in her life that are uh, there's some that are like uh, chronically ill or injured, she can't fully heal them, but she can take their mind off of the pain or numb the pain for them. Yeah. So it's and at times take the pain herself as an empath. Yeah, which is something I feel like she does quite often just because with with her, I feel like she she has this mindset where she's also not good enough for a lot of things. And yeah. so rather than wanting to see others feel pain, she'll take it on herself, which yeah. kind of shows like the sorrow that is her character and and why she is so. She, she's just a great character. Like yes. I need more, more Raven stories because doing the research for this, she doesn't have enough yet. She had uh, such a sad upbringing, such an, a half evil uh, bloodline you could say, but she's yeah. such a good soul. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to do good on, uh, on other people. So, all right, Z, what teams is she associated with? She's associated a little bit with the teen Titans. I mean, just a little only... bit. I, I think that's the least amount, right? Yeah. I think we've only mentioned them a thousand times since we started this episode. I think so. <laughs> uh, so teen Titans, justice league, justice league, dark Sentin- sentinels of magic and night force within those teams. Uh, a bunch of her supporting characters are people like Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, Tim Drake. So, so the Robins, the Robins, <laughs> Robin Squad, just not Jason Todd. Just not. Mm. It's some storylines. Jason Todd's around. Yeah, Jason Todd a little bit. Little, little Jason Todd. <laughs> uh, so the Robins, Starfire, Beast Boy, Wonder Girl, Cyborg, Power Girl, Blue Beetle, Kid Flash, and her foster sister Max. Um, antagonist, of course. Uh, Trigon, you main one, overarching one, always in the background, always about to pop up. Um, Slade Wilson, also known as Deathstroke, Doctor Light, Mad Mod, Hive, Terra, and way too many more to count. Yeah, like any any villain that has ever gone up against the Teen Titans, or I guess the new Teen Titans, we should say, is an enemy of Raven. And she also has other dimensions full of characters that are her enemies. So we could go on to that storyline for forever, but we're trying to keep this nice and brief so we don't <laughs> fill up your podcasting thread <laughs> for too long. Now that we've talked a little bit about Raven's origin and her associations and powers, let's go into the archives. Raven was co-created by legendary writer Marv Wolfman and the iconic artist George Perez. If you want to learn more about George Perez up to his involvement with DC and Raven, check out issue 10 of our show, All About Taskmaster. Now, luckily, exactly where we finish on George Perez's career with that episode, literally the next thing he does is this work at DC co-creating Raven. That's so cool. Just two really iconic characters. Mm-hmm. And um, back to back for two separate studios. Yeah, he did in, in the same year. Like yep. it's crazy, and it, and it doesn't just stop with them either. Perez had just created Taskmaster alongside David Michelini in May of 1980 at Marvel, while starting his career over at DC. He was enticed by DC for the chance to draw the Justice League of America. But I, I mean, who? What artist wouldn't want to draw Justice League? and Avengers at the same time. Like, that's crazy. The two biggest teams for both he's drawing. Yeah. 
No words. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Perez would take over Justice League of America on issue 184 in November of 1980 after the passing of ongoing artist Dick Dillon. While the JLA is a big league book, it was actually Perez's work on the New Teen Titans, which would result in the explosion of his popularity with the New Teen Titans issue one hitting shelves the same exact month as his JLA premiere. Now, let's shift gears over to talk a little bit more about Marv Wolfman. Yeah, I'm a fan of what Marv Wolfman has created here. So Wolfman was born in Brooklyn, New York, and would later attend New York's High School of Art and Design in Manhattan. In 1965, Wolfman published a story in a half world of terror in his horror fanzine, Stories of Suspense Number 2, which was written by none other than Stephen King. This would be one of Stephen King's earliest published works. That's crazy. <laughs> so no wonder he had all of the, this uh, inspiration for Raven and Trigon and so on and so forth. Stephen King was one of his partners. What? Yeah, or, or he just published one of Stephen King's stories. And it, it, it actually was a reworking of a story that Stephen King had written previously for another publisher, but it got reworked. And so he, he published it inside of Marv Wolfman's fanzine. Which is nuts, which is, yeah. which is great. Blackhawk issue 242 would be Wolfman's first published work for DC Comics in September 1968. Wolfman and longtime friend Len Wein, who you can learn more about in our Storm episode, co- would co-create Johnny Double in Showcase 78. The duo would co-write Eye of the Beholder in Teen Titans 18 back in December 1968, which serves as Wein's first professional comics credit. Yeah, and that's kind of a big deal because so Len Wein has created a million different characters, uh, but probably his most notable is part of co-creating Wolverine. Wolfman would make the transition to Marvel Comics to work under then editor Roy Thomas and would take over after Thomas stepped down. He would only serve as editor in chief for one year at Marvel before stepping down himself to focus on writing. Wolfman and Gene Colan would team up to work on Tomb of Dracula, starting with issue seven, which would result in improved success and popularity of the series. Tomb of Dracula, issue 10, would premiere the iconic character of Blade, co-created by Wolfman and Colan. Which I'm excited about because Blade just got announced as director today. So we're getting that series. Or, Let's I don't even know. Go. It's because uh, at this point, I thought it was originally going to be a series, but is it going to be a movie now? Is it a series? I, or I always assumed it was a movie. I have no clue. All Let's I know is both. I'm excited. All I care about is Mahershala Ali. That <laughs> that is all I care about. But that's a great casting. Um, if they do right. a if they do a series and a movie, I am all for it. Let's six seasons and a movie. I don't care. Let's do Let's it. Let's go. I'll <laughs> I'll watch anything with Mahershala Ali. So and it's Blade. It's like, Blade. Come on. We we. Wesley Snipes did good, but he did '90s good. We- yeah, <laughs> Let, let's 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 give credit where credit's due. That that film legitimately saved Marvel's yep. butt, just because their their films at the time were not making money. Blade was like their first financial hit. Yep, as far as a film is concerned, for a live action film, so. It, it definitely is up there. I still love that movie. I love the sequel too because that's that one's directed by Guillermo del Toro, yep. which I'm a massive fan of. So there, there's a lot to love there, but there is a very big difference between 
Wesley Snipes and Mahershala Ali. <laughs> little bit of a difference there <laughs> like i i love wesley snipes portrayal of the character it's iconic it, it's so much fun but i think we're going to get a very different version of the character yeah and oh, i can't wait for it can't wait for that and we have uh wolfman and colin to to credit for that so yeah thank you to to them for creating that mm-hmm. and how many years later we're still excited for these characters that they made exactly ironically wolfman would begin working on werewolf by night as well. Additional professional standouts around this time include co-creating Bullseye and Nova with John Romita Sr. in 1976. He took over The Amazing Spider-Man on issue 182 in 1978 and co-created Felicia Hardy, also known as Black Cat, in Amazing Spider-Man 194 with Dave Cockrum. Wolfman would return to DC after a dispute with Marvel in 1980 just in time to team up with George Perez. DC wanted to create a team that would rival Marvel's popular X-Men series. The new Teen Titans exploded in, onto the scene, and a special preview found in DC Comics Presents number 26 in October of 1980, which would include the first appearance of Cyborg, Starfire, and of course, Raven. Now, that's the perfect segue to our poll list. And let's actually start with DC Comics Presents number 26, which is what... Z just said the first appearance of Cyborg, Starfire, and Raven. Now, this story is pretty interesting. So it was just a preview of what the new Teen Titans was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so the cover is, it's like Green Lantern is holding something over Superman. And it's a really iconic cover. The The cool thing is, is that even though it is the intro and first appearance of three major dc characters it's not that expensive Hmm. like a like a solid copy of this book it goes for like 200 bucks like yeah that's it's a good chunk of money don't get me wrong but to get three first appearances of major characters in a single book and fantastic cover and a fantastic cover of superman and green lantern it is an iconic cover it's amazing so I that is definitely on my hunt list, and I I will neither confirm nor deny that I have been following multiple listings on eBay right now. But I would prefer to f- I would prefer to find it in a local comic shop because you got to support your local comic shops. Give them your money, like yep. they need it. Give them your money. Don't don't pay crazy fees all the time. No, I I would say though. 200 bucks for our podcast is pretty tame for the stuff that we've been <laughs> pulling out there for the poll list. <laughs> yeah. So, it, but the good thing is, is that this can be read in multiple places. I know that in the last issue for Hellboy, we talked about the Libby app, which connects you to your local library, which you can read plenty of stories. And this story can be found because they, they actually have the volumes of the new Teen Titans, the 1980. And the first volume includes this story in it. So nice. if you're interested in reading it, you can find it there for free. The Libby Libby app, L-I-B-B-Y. We're not sponsored. It'd be great if we could. But again, it's a library app, so I doubt they have money to sponsor <laughs> us. But anyway, read read stuff on Libby. It's amazing. Anyway, the quick enough, the story revolves around Robin kind of having this. He, he's trying to help out at this scene, and 
he starts having kind of these visions of the new Teen Titans, and he has no clue what's going on. He has no clue who Cyborg is or Starfire or Raven, and he's really seeing the future of what the team is going to be. And the little preview ends with like him walking off home, kind of still confused, and Raven is just like sit, standing in the shadows. He's like, "You will like this is your future, Robin." And blah blah. blah. Like it's it's just Raven kind of being creepy. in in the corner but it's it's a fun little read and he's just really confused and it's meant you're you're meant to be robin in that scenario because you're just being thrown these characters you're like wait who's that why is that guy half of a robot who's this girl with green eyes and like fire red hair who's this girl in this giant black purple cloak thing like it's meant to confuse and so it, it was a fun little story to throw in there where did she buy her stylish black hoodie it's always hot topic hot topic All right, Z, what's your first pull list choice? I would say my first choice would be Tales of the New Teen Titans. So these ones, uh, you've got, it's a five-issue run, and you've got, um, it covers people like Cyborg, Starfire, Changeling, who we now know as Beast Boy. Yep. Right? And, of course, Raven. And uh, it's old. (laughs) You can tell it's 80s old. Um. In prepping for the for the podcast, I was telling Lance, you can tell it's old because the ladies here, Starfire and Wonder Girl, um, have that eighties volume in their hair. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely have. They build it. They build up the volume. They they got the big hair. <laughs> and um, as a side note, Raven refers to Starfire quite a few times as her real name, Coriander. If you if you haven't yeah. paid attention yet. Uh, I wonder if in the creation of Starfire, they're like, oh, I don't know what to name them. And uh, he looks over in his spice cabinet. Oh, I'll change Coriander's C into a K and change the E into an apostrophe. <laughs> Very I, creative. I feel like I feel like a lot of characters are created like that. Like, <laughs> I have to think of a name that's never been done before. I'm on a deadline and I need something. Coriander. There you go. Perfect. Hey, it works. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> And I guess it, uh, at that time it was uh, exotic enough or or uh, alien enough to pass. <laughs> yeah. You got to throw in those apostrophes. That's what makes it alien. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I like the I like this origin story of Raven. It talks about how her mom was – it showed her mom in a cult. They summoned Trigon as this, uh, I guess, good-looking in that time buff. Yeah, Trigon's looking good. Yeah, so Trigon's looking good, and he coerces Angela to marry him, and um, they have their honeymoon, and it's nice and sweet, and all of a sudden, he reveals his true form and impregnates Angela. They run away, and it's the whole origin story that we were talking about earlier, where it was, this is how 80s it was, the magistrate of food production. (laughs) Yep. Was uh was the one who was really making sure that um first making sure that Raven never made it into the world, but when she was born was the one who tried to throw her out of the great door of Azeroth and ended up um just frying because of it. But this is also the the issue where um Raven talks to Starfire about how powerful she is and how boss like she is, where if left uncontrolled, the destruction of galaxies is just the start of her powers. Yeah. So needless to say, a pretty fun issue to read yes. and a great cover. It, it's one of those that I definitely want to complete that set. I, yeah. I love all of those covers in like in that time period. 
So it, it's definitely one that's on my list. Um, just keep in mind volumizer. <laughs> yeah, volumizer. Uh, next up for my suggestion would be just the first four uh, issues of the new Teen Titans. So we have the preview of them in DC Comics Presents number 26. So there's the preview. And then immediately goes into the new Teen Titans coming out in 1980. Issues one through four are really significant because issue two introduces Deathstroke and issue four is the first full appearance of Trigon. And issue four is where you get that uh, Justice League Teen Titans team up against Trigon. And you learn that that Raven had gone to the Justice League prior about Trigon to try and get their help to fight him. And they basically sent Raven away because Zatanna had sensed this like evil heritage inside of Raven. And so they didn't trust her. And so that's when Raven found the Teen Titans and recruited them. But she used her emotional ability or empathic abilities to make Wally fall in love with her, essentially, and coerced him to get the rest of the team to help her fight. So the end of issue four is pretty sad because everyone walks away from Raven. So it's just this other sad story of she's just trying to get people to stop her demonic father from like ruining Destroying. the world and universe <laughs> and she's like I, I like i had to like you you weren't listening to me and they weren't they weren't they listening weren't. to they her weren't. and so i like i feel bad for her because she had to use her powers to do that and like messing with wally's emotions but at the same time she did what she thought was necessary it's the saddest i told you so it it really is though it really is all right what else you got um, I wanted to uh, just backtrack really quickly. I f- did forget to mention that in my first pull list, um, Wally confesses his love for Raven multiple times. Um, and to know that they played that back and she manipulates his emotion. Can we get more of that, please? Can we explore that more? Because all of a sudden, Wally has other love interests in the comics. And they don't really talk about that much in in our time, in the New 52 or any of that. No. Let's bring they that don't. back. Let's let's talk about that more. <laughs> Seriously. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, my second uh pull list here recommendation would be Daughter of Darkness. So this is a 12-shot uh series, and essentially it's it's her in her teenage years. Uh, I almost want to say teenage angst, but she doesn't really show emotion. She's listening to Nirvana. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> It it starts off kind of slow. You have a weird like laboratory uh, jump cut where it just goes dark and then um, power comes back on. But when we first meet Raven, she's it, it kind of reintroduces her origin story, but in a different light. She's at a bonfire with uh, five other friends, and one friend goes off and was like, "Yeah, it's been hard because just like real life stuff." My mom, my parents just divorced. When my mom found out that um, my dad cheated on her, she went crazy and joined a cult. And all of a sudden, Raven let slip. My mom was in a cult once. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? You actually like opened up about yourself. And then she has this inner monologue of, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'll go ahead and give them a little bit more, but nothing that will melt their brain. Nothing that um, about my dad being a demon and about my mom hiding us away in, 
uh, in between dimensions and that I almost got killed as a kid and I was raised um, to suppress my feelings. But she does tell her, tell, tell this is where she tells her friends where um, all she wanted to do growing up was spend time and talk with her mom, but she wasn't allowed to. So you get a little bit more of the the sad storytelling version of um of her backstory and then uh she goes on and there's this whole adventure with with other uh folks in here for example the introduction of uh baron winters and his awesome jaguar merlin um they'll, they'll talk about that in the series as well and um it just shows a little bit more of raven as a person and how she's trying to deal with this um with her powers, her abilities, while trying to reconcile her backstory as in a more human light, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a series. I haven't read that run yet, but I'm it's I'm excited fun. to read it after hearing you talk about it. It's fun. Yeah. So I'll backtrack to a few years before that. So in the new Teen Titans, this is the kind of revamped series that came out in 1984. So you had the 1980 run mm -hmm. and then still same team Wolfman and Perez come back for the 1984. And the first five issues are, are the story, the terror of Trigon. And it's interesting because in this storyline, Raven has given into the darkness in her and is helping Trigon come into the world. That's and scary. It, yeah, it's really strange because they they show images of Raven as like a callback from previous issues in the 1980 uh, Teen Titans run. And they point out the fact that Raven has physically been changing over time. And so it shows like her hairline changing. And so she has a much like deeper widow's peak mm. and her cheekbones are becoming like more sunken. And so she's been changing over time. And it, it goes into this, like she, she herself has been changing and it, it turns into the storyline. So she's helping Trigon now. Her skin turns completely red like her father. She gets the four eyes Yo. and she goes against the Teen Titans and they're fighting and she basically creates like evil versions of the Teen Titans to fight themselves so it, it looks like the like the Scott Pilgrim like versus Nega Scott kind of a thing. Oh man. It it's it's really cool, but it gets into this really interesting like horror style of of art that was really engaging and it it completely shifts the tone of the comic when it does that, which made it for a really interesting read. So I would definitely suggest reading Terra of Trigon. And it's about like her arc as far as falling into the darkness and how they help her with that. Nice. Cause watching Teen Titans, they never really, they, they maybe explored a little bit of what it would be like if she just very minute details of what would happen if she succumbed to her dark side. That's nuts. Yeah. So we got to see her. Yeah. We got to see her four eyes a couple times oh, in the show, yeah. but that was, but even that was terrifying. But, and, and it was also, but the, how terrifying it was, it was so subdued. It was, it really was. Uh, I, partly because they're trying to save her partly because it's a kid show <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other poll or polls for it? Do you Actually, have any other stories? Um, not any other stories. I really wanted to, I really focus on uh, the, um, I really focus on Daughter of Darkness. Can I backtrack one 
one other reason why I decided to keep to keep reading that one was um sure it was also it, this one was created and written by Mar Marv Wolfman. So I have this whole uh this whole thing he created the character now he created the storyline for this and since he created the character my belief is no one knows the correct the character or the direction of the character more than the one that created them. You know, so though he he ran through a couple different um artists and art styles through the series, he was the overarching writer. And um you, you can tell that he really cares about this this project, uh about this character. Um and you really get to see more insights on who Raven is. So uh I really recommend Daughter of Darkness. Perfect. My so the final story that I wanted to talk about on our pull list is Teen Titans Raven, which came out in 2016 by writer Cami Garcia and artist Gabriel Piccolo. This story it, it's very different than what we're used to with Raven. It, it's very much a young teen story. She is in an accident and she loses her memory. So she has amnesia. Hmm. She completely forgets who she is. She starts living with the sister of the woman that was her foster mother at the time that was in the car with her in the accident. And her, so her foster mother dies. And so she goes to live with this other woman and her daughter, Max, who you learn more about throughout that series as well, which both of them are great characters. And they also have some surprises up their sleeves. But it's really about Raven not knowing who she is. Uh, some powers start to manifest at times. And she it focuses a lot on her empathic powers or empath powers. And so she's hearing all these concerns of other students and teenagers at school. And she just wants to shut it off because it's freaking her out. And she has no idea what's going on. And there there's some cool storylines with like teen drama and dating and what that's like mm. and betrayal and the art style is I wouldn't I wouldn't say like minimalistic the the art tone like the coloring is minimal minimalistic but it, it fits for Raven very much and it's actually part of a trilogy that was written so and also by same same writer same artist and so it's Teen Titans Raven uh, Teen Titans Beast Boy, and then there's Teen Titans Beast Boy Loves Raven. Yes, yes. And I have yet to read the Beast Boy or Beast Boy Loves Raven story, but I absolutely loved this one. It's it's a it's a departure from what we expect from a Raven story, but it was fantastic. It, it was written so well. The uh, Cami Garcia clearly has a great voice for Raven. And it, it comes through very, very well. So a strong suggestion for Teen Titans Raven 2016. Yeah, I've, I've heard rave reviews about uh, all three of those, Raven, Beast Boy, and Beast Boy Loves Raven. Um, I've seen the covers um, at my local Barnes & Noble. Almost got it just because I was like, wait, a love interest between the two? Um, haven't really heard of that one too much. Um, and I'm glad that they explored it. Mm -hmm. Finally. All right, I, we've been talking for a while, so let's take a break. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And we're the hosts of Geeks Unleashed. The weekly pop culture news and reviews podcast. We review and discuss what's current in the world of comics, movies, and television. 
You can check us out on social media. We are at Geeks Unleashed, and you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to support us is by leaving a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at CBKCast. We love to interact on social media, especially on Twitter. If you message me on Twitter, I will respond. Uh, comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out our good friend and composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. Check his amazing work at, at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as finding all of his music available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Now back to the issue. Welcome back. And so we left off talking about our pull list. So let's actually get into our grail finds. Now, we talked a little bit about this before, Zion, but do you have a Raven-related grail or anything to talk about? So, no, uh, not not Raven herself, just because my favorite teen titan, my favorite comic book character of all time um, is, as you would know, Nightwing. Yep. You know, Dick Grayson has been my boy. Uh, my first pop, my first uh, comic book was Nightwing. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I have a couple of Teen Titans stuff that came from you, and she happened to tag along in there. I don't have just Raven. I have, like, Raven adjacent, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, there, I can specifically tell you about a time when uh, I think it was a hot, po- hot pocket. I think it was a hot, hot topic. Hot pocket. <laughs> I think it was a hot topic exclusive. Uh, it was a pop figure of Raven uh, from Teen Titans Go, but because it was Teen Titans Go, I was like Teen Titans No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has its audience. Uh, so, but it's not us. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not. Uh, well, the movie, yes, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Uh, for me, I, I do have a couple Grail pieces uh, for Raven. So I do have the New Teen Titans issue one from 1980, uh, iconic George Perez cover. I, I had to have it in my collection. It's amazing. I also have the Uncanny X-Men and the New Teen Titans uh, crossover. So the Marvel nice. DC crossover that came out in 1982. And this story revolves around dark side trying to resurrect the dark phoenix to harness her power and basically take over everything and so that you have to have great. yeah so you have to have the x-men and and teen titans team up and raven is a big part of this story obviously because she has some serious power to her so when they're going up against people like dark side and the phoenix especially the dark phoenix raven's an important character to have on your side 
Yeah, she's she's a little bit powerful. Should we go back and list all her powers and abilities again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll loop it right there. Uh, and, and of course, I am on the hunt now for uh, DC Comics Presents 26 because I will own that issue. I need Raven's first appearance and Cyborgs and Starfires. Uh, yep. <laughs> Moving on to our adaptations. There is a lot to talk about Raven, actually, in this area. But of course, Zion, where am I going to start? You got to start with Teen Titans. That theme song is the best. So good. Uh, and what what I really enjoyed was, so there was the two versions of the theme song. So yeah. you had like the English and then there was also the Japanese uh, episodes. And so, or the Japanese intro for certain episodes. And depending on, I couldn't remember. I, I've, I've heard people say before, like the certain episodes that are more fun or filler but it's Teen Titans. There's no filler. It's all there's amazing. no filler. Uh, but like the more serious episodes had a specific theme, or the I've heard like the episodes with Slade have this theme versus the other. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's any of those are true. All I just know that I like both themes, and when either of them showed up, I was happy. I remember uh, hearing the Japanese theme for the first time, and I go, wait, wait, whoa, what? I don't understand the words, but this is cool. It's so good, so good. Now. Teen Titans premiered in July of 2003, and originally only four seasons were planned, but it was so popular that they added a fifth. Uh, Tara Strong, who many might know as the voice of Timmy Turner on Fairly Odd Parents, and Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls, voices Raven on that show. And most of the time when Raven shows up in any media, it is Tara Strong. That must be very tough, because if you imagine... Timmy Turner and Bubbles, they're just really lively and excited, and Raven is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that just proves that she's a good actress. Like, yeah. she's very good. She's got that range. Mm-hmm. With, within this series, there, of course, is that iconic episode of Raven where you kind of, they go, don't they go into Raven? Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're in her brain? Yeah, right? yeah. They're like in her brain, or they go through the the jewel the little gem yeah the gem and you see all these different versions of raven and so there's like the really happy peppy one and there are all these different colors and that episode i love that episode just because you got to see the different range of well one you got to see the different range of tara strong because she had to do all those different versions of raven but you get to see raven in a new light and it was an episode that forced Raven to be vulnerable because now all of the members of her team know such intimate parts about her and, and who she is as a person, which was a, I feel like was a big stepping stone for her in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was a big stepping stone and um solidifying the team as well. Yeah. They, they know how to communicate with Raven, which plays along later in the series. They know why she is the way she is and, Great turning point episode right there. Now, 
this is a film, but we'll just jump into it just because it is directly tied into this version of the Teen Titans. So Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo aired in September of 2006. This was a TV movie which served as the finale for the series. So good. It's great. So good. I, I, I love this series. Teen Titans is one of the my favorite animated shows. The, the voice cast is fantastic. It made me fall in love with every single one of these characters. It's one of those properties from DC. Like I, even though I understand, like I understand the pedestal that the Justice League holds in yeah. DC. I love Justice League animated series. I love Justice League Unlimited. Yes. But when I hear that Teen Titans theme, like my nerd heart explodes. I- I'm transported back to being a teen a kid i was kind of in the in between stages then and i'm just i'm transported back to a simpler time yeah it's those formative years yeah yep and in fact i was uh when we had the multiple closures i started re-watching teen titans again and uh it's one of those things where i'll have it on and it'll suck my brother out of working and just we're sitting there for a couple episodes in a row watching it yeah it Man, I love the show. We could probably talk an entire episode just about the show, but to save <laughs> to save time <laughs> and our listeners' time, we'll move on to Teen Titans Go. And then we're moving on from there. And we're moving on from there. <laughs> Immediately moving on. So Teen Titans Go aired in April of 2013. Uh, I, I haven't... I think I've watched one episode. And so I, I understand why they brought it back and they wanted to use these characters again. And like the amazing voice cast you have, you have like Kari Payton is the voice of cyborg. And a lot of people know him as, um, what's his name? Zachariah. Is that his Mm -hmm. name in, in walking dead? I can't, he's the guy with the tiger in walking dead. I think, and I probably got the name wrong. I didn't know. I stopped watching walking dead. I, I, I never started. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. People are going <laughs> to stop listening to our podcast now because we don't watch it. Maybe we scratched that. <laughs> we'll cut th- we'll cut this part out. But amazing voice cast uh and so but again, it has its own audience. I am not the audience for Teen Titans yep. Go. Neither am I. Except for Teen Titans Go to the movies. This was a movie that was released in 2018 and I I had so much fun with this movie. It it was wacky and zany. And I, I understood like that. This is kind of more the feel of what teen Titans go is, but it, it like there was songs in it that were super funny. And the voice cast is the same. It's the same actors as the original teen Titans show that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was just really funny. I was surprised at how good the humor was. So it makes me want to give, the series a chance i just haven't had the heart to to do it yet but i did enjoy teen titans go to the movies and then uh spoilers stay till the end credits yes yeah so so the big the big excitement that i had about that because i think i'm trying to remember if i went to the theaters to see this movie or not i can't remember all i know is when it got to the end credit scene that I was freaking out because it was my Teen Titans back yes. on the screen. Yeah. Which directly leads into the next 
film that Teen Titans had, which was Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, which was uh, came out in 2019. It was a direct to home media movie. I have yet to see it. Uh, I've heard about it and uh, it's definitely on my brother and I's playlist. Just haven't gotten down to watching it yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll get to it as well. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to the next one. The Teen Titans Go See Space Jam, which came out this year, 2021. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know. but but I I am going to watch Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And if I enjoy that one, maybe I'll start watching Teen Titans Go. I don't maybe know. Maybe we can make it a, a watch night. And um, there just we go. Like we were watching some of the old stuff. We can critique this one. <laughs> so what you're saying is we'll start watching this one. And then we'll just start watching Teen Titans. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Now let's let's go into some of these animated movies. Yeah, the DC animated universe is great. They're all direct to film, and my brother and I have been able to watch them um, throughout the different years, and it's all the aged up versions of Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, right? So you you start off, she first appears in Justice League versus the Teen Titans in 2016. That one was a fun one. And then it leads right into 2017's Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, and then Justice League Dark Apocalypse War from uh, 2020. All of those versions of Raven are voiced by Thaisa Farmiga, or Farmiga. Uh, apologies for butchering names. Uh, but she has been in American Horror Story and the final girls. So a lot of horror related, uh, a lot of horror related properties. Yeah. If, if you haven't started watching the DC um, animated movies, they, there's some really good ones, um, really interesting storylines as well. Yeah. The animation is always great. Most. And yeah. I, I've, I really enjoyed the DC animated just world in general so the shows Mm -hmm. the the films they're all great i i think that dc just needs to translate a little bit more of of that to the live action (laughs) just just a little bit of it just put a little bit more just take a little bit of the magic that they took from the animated and turn it live and we'll be good exactly now Moving on to the live-action TV that we've seen. So Raven is one of the main characters in the live-action series Titans, which premiered on October of 2018, played by Tegan Croft. The series is about to start its third season. Now, Z, have you have you watched Titans? Same nerd. I was going to ask you if you've seen Titans or if you've seen the trailer for it. T- Titans is like a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. It, it It's one of those shows where I know it's not the greatest but i love it yeah yeah i i have so much fun with this series like i really enjoy the portrayal of the characters i think that the actress they got so tegan croft i think she does a great job with raven the character that they have playing dick i really enjoy Mm -hmm. his portrayal too uh hawk and dove yeah yeah. Like they're two of my favorite parts of that show, and I shouldn't care at all about them. Season three they're trailer. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's season three trailer. <laughs> We're getting that red hood. Finally. Yes. Finally, red hood. Um, getting some live action love. We haven't had a space to talk about this, but as much of a Nightwing nerd as I am, Lance here is Mr. Red Hood himself. 
Yes, <laughs> I love Red Hood. I'm so excited. They, but yeah, Titans really enjoy it. If if you're holding back because you think it's gonna be horrible, it's not. Yeah, it, it is really enjoyable. Just just turn your brain off and enjoy. It it holds up. It it, it does. It's so much fun. Well, it's I don't know about fun. It is dark. Yeah, it does. It is. Dark. <laughs> it gets it gets real dark. But I I I have a lot of fun with it, and I I would definitely suggest everyone check it out. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's the first portrayal of Raven in um in a live action format. And the way yeah, they, they I, I believe they so. use her uh, powers and the effects that they use, um, actually do her ju- justice. So ha, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> So the last little bit we have for Raven here with adaptations, it's just going to be a few games. So some video games. So she is a playable character in the Teen Titans game, Boy Advance game, as well as the console game, both voiced by Tara Strong, as well as DC Universe Online, Injustice Gods Among Us, Injustice 2. And as always, every single one of these characters in comic books is always in a few Lego games. Mm -hmm. Not even going to say which ones. She's She's in in them them. if they're DC. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I ha- I did play uh, the Injustice games one and two, and um, if you build your power bar enough, her quote unquote fatality or her big move, her final move, she actually summons Trigon for to do her dirty work. That's pretty cool. She'll, she'll summon this giant Trigon. He'll snare whoever your opponent is and just like smash them to pieces. Jeez, yeah, that's that's pretty intense, yes. but. That's amazing. We maybe maybe I need to play that with you sometime, a little bit, so yeah. I can use that. <laughs> now that we've talked about adaptations, let's go on to what, what is? Is? each issue we do at Nerds Do Best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love, and this week we have the idea of what if Raven fought a demonic quote unquote relative. Now this doesn't actually have to be a relative, but what demonic character from another comic publisher should Raven battle or team up with? Now, I am very excited to hear what you've thought of, Z. So how about you go first? Yeah, it's it's really easy with these uh, DC Marvel characters to just say, what if they cross over to the other property? Right? Yeah. So hear me out. What if Raven is sent through some tough parts of New York? trying to find another demonic presence. And let's say, you know, off the top of my head, she finds the name Hell's Kitchen on a map in New York and decides, you know what, <laughs> since it's hell, let me go over there. And as she's exploring, uh, trying to find this demon, she's trying to vanquish or like put away. She ends up hearing about this daredevil character <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> and then she's really adamant about trying to, find him because she thinks the name daredevil automatically means he's a demon incarnate so he's she's trying to find him she's trying to find him they they lock horns they fight each other and in the midst of their battle um trigon decides hey this is a good time to pop out because she's distracted by this great skilled fighter right and all her powers she can't do anything against a daredevil they're at a standstill so Trigon goes in, um, he he tries to capture Raven, and the true demon that she was trying to, um, she was trying to hunt for, Ghost Rider pops out, um, saves the day, starts fighting with Trigon, but Trigon ensnares Ghost Rider, and 
absorbs or melds with the demonic part of Ghost Rider and just becomes this like super demon. So you've got Ghost Rider with no powers and you've got Daredevil and Raven now having to team up and try to take on this Ghost Rider Trigon character. <laughs> Ghost Rider has has had his power or that power has merged with like a million different characters. <laughs> and at one at one point in uh the Venom Volume 2, there's a Rick uh, I'm trying to remember if it was at the same time either Rick Remender was still on it or Colin Bunn had taken over. But there there's a story there's a four issue story arc part in there and it's basically uh man what it, it's like red hulk yeah uh, ghost rider like it's this monstrosity of a character yes that, that comes together and i just can't remember all the different parts of it right now but it is just this crazy character so i don't put anything past <laughs> characters trying to merge with trigon what i do think though is is the fact that I think Trigon needs to show up real quick or else Matt Murdock is getting wrecked <laughs> real fast. Yep, yep, I think so too. I, I don't think that fight lasts very... I think it's like, you're a demon, and then Soul Self comes out, whack, and then Matt's down. <laughs> I, I don't know how long he'll last in that fight. But then, would he like sense it and he can like dodge it? He can hear the soul self, and so he just moves <laughs> out of the way. But whatever, I I like I like the idea of a Raven Daredevil team up, and the fact that she she like is going after a demon and goes to Hell's Kitchen <laughs> and finds Daredevil, <laughs> and it's not the de- it's not this demon. I love that. That's so good. What's your what if, Lance? I I really wanted to find a, a like a demonic character that would serve as like a good matchup for Raven just because she is so powerful. And I I went online, I looked up like comic book lists about like different demonic characters and all the different publishers. And I came across one that I had forgotten about. Now I'm talking about from the 2003 TMNT series, the Tengu Shredder. Yo. Now this is supposed to be like the original Shredder. And uh, this particular version is actually Orokusaki uh, fused with the Shredder Demon. And th- this character serves as kind of like the overall arcing antagonist for that 2003 TMNT series. And I thought it would be interesting to bring that character back. And so Raven shows up to, or basically maybe Raven was summoned to this plane because in this version or this alt reality, the Tengu Shredder has completely demolished the turtles and they are no longer there. And so the villains that might've been with uh, this Shredder originally have just seen this devastation and realize it's not what they wanted. And so they try to conjure or summon someone powerful enough to help fight against him. And so Raven hears that call and, and is able to, trans-dimensional shift to find and help them but this version of the team is going to be drastically different so turtles are gone Mm -hmm. obviously shredder wants to get turtles out of his face so now the team is going to be raven slash who is one of my favorite tmnt characters i love slash especially the idw version of slash so we're talking that version so the big hulking version that that is so amazing he still has his black bandana and everything 
So we have Slash, Alopex, which is another great character. So she's like that white fox mm-hmm. type character. Really cool. Metalhead. Yes. And a very angry Rocksteady because Tengu Shredder killed Bebop. Whoa. So I have this team of characters that I just I just want to see Raven slash Alopex, Metalhead, and Rocksteady in a lineup. That's a going tight against lineup. this demonic version of Shredder. And there could be these amazing visuals. Raven using Soul Self to help like prop up the other characters to like pop out of portals and go up against this demonic version of Shredder who's just going to have these crazy weapons and fighting ability and all these other powers. But I, I think that would be such a fun matchup to see. So that that's my choice. That's that that's a let's write that now. Who do we have to call to make this win? Because you just reached into like the a deep crevice in my brain and brought out Tengu Shredder that I forgot was in there. That's a that's uh-huh. a nice. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. Just just imagine like if we took our metalhead idea and turned him into this uh big mech fighting yeah. the. Uh, an enlarged version of Tengu Shredder. Uh, there's so much you can do. <laughs> there, there's a lot of fun things you can do with that matchup. I also kind of had in my head, I was like, what if maybe before Donnie died and one of the other turtles was dying, if he like fused one of the other turtles to Metalhead. So it was like a Ooh. cyborg version of one of the turtles. Um but yeah, there, there's so many different things you could do. I, I almost tried to make it where it was like a recreation of the Teen Titans in this <laughs> world. So like it would have been a cyborg would have been one of the turtles mixed with Metalhead. Um, Slash can, uh, can well, change into other versions of the turtles <laughs> like Beast Boy. <laughs> very excited for the opportunity to have talked about Raven today. Z, thanks again so much for joining me yeah. to talk about this amazing character. Thanks for having me because... Uh, I, I I enjoyed reading and catching up and just researching a bunch of different things about Raven herself outside of yeah. Raven's Raven being part of the Teen Titans. Yeah, it it is one of one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is learning more about these characters mm-hmm. and appreciating them so much more and the creators and what they what they brought to life for us to be able to enjoy and it's it's just amazing. What what I like is with the creators finding out all the different properties and characters that they created and how um, timeless they've been. They've been updated over time and everyone's uh, been a fan of them because Lance, ask me how many characters I've created in my lifetime that have stood the test Uh, of time. uh, How many characters have you created? (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Right. I mean, we, we enjoy them, but uh, yeah. Going from just from this one, Taskmaster into Raven. Taskmaster yeah. has a movie, a different with adaptations out. Um, Raven has a TV show. Like, come on. Yeah. Like we, it, it's such an exciting time just because there are so many adaptations of these characters that were that have, that have been developed over the years, and we're we're kind of just rolling with yeah. it now. We have comic book movies and shows all over the place yep. now. So. Yep. It's a good time. Good time to be a comic nerd. Well, it's time to close the book on Raven. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Zion. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.
by the way, I don't really feel that way about Jared Leto and Avengers and Teen Titans Go. I was just really trying to get Lance to break his zen. And I was really trying to distract them. <laughs> yeah. So I think it worked. Yeah, I, I think everyone rev- would revolt yeah. if you had those actual opinions. Before you, you shut off the podcast, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean any of those things. I hope you listen to this whole thing. Don't, don't come after me on Instagram or Twitter. 